welcome back seafood lovers to a brand new episode of the seafood news podcast this week's installment is brought to you by earner berry's new comtel app comtel specializes in the timely accurate and unbiased reporting of market clients in the poultry egg meat seafood and related segments of the food industry you can get market quotes news and analysis directly to your phone through the earner berry comtel app you can download it today from the apple app store for ios or Google Play for you Android users. I'm Erner Berry Marketing Assistant Nicole Christie. And I'm CBD News Staff Writer Amanda Buckle. Thanks for tuning in. We've got another great episode for you today, as always. Uh, Nicole, do you want to tell them what's on the agenda? Uh, okay, this is awkward. I thought we were going to, you know, wing it today. This isn't a chicken podcast, Nicole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get it? Wing it? Yeah. Did you get um, it? <laughs> guys, just so you know, I'm, I'm literally, I'm shaking my head right now at Amanda. With our corny jokes. Oh, we got to get silly on this thing, you know? Always. I mean, yeah. It is a Friday, although we do publish this on Mondays. I think we've told you guys that little secret already. We record this on Fridays, so we have to get silly. Anyway, (laughs) this week we're talking about FDA refusals, Mazetta Company reopening their Gloucester seafood processing plant, February shrimp imports, and chefs and restaurants using underutilized and emerging species. It's a lot to do, so let's kick things off the FDA refusals. So total refusals of shipments dropped 35.4% from March 2017 to March 2018. Year to date, there are 135 line item refusals compared to 209 at this time last year. Uh, so Mahi Mahi actually had the biggest year to date increase in March with 59 line item refusals compared to 40 a year ago, and that's a 47.5% increase. Um, tuna refusals also continued to rise with 71 line item refusals in March 2018 compared to 54 in March 2017. And shrimp saw a slight increase in year date refusals with 65 line item refusals compared to 64 a year ago, and that's all year to date. Uh, refusals of unclassified fish, snapper, and lobster are down year to date. Um, Unclassified fish had a 34.4% drop with 21 line item refusals year to date, um, and that's compared to 32 last March. And snapper is down nearly 74% with 10 line item refusals compared to 38 a year ago. Uh, And finally, lobster has decreased 87% with three line item refusals year to date compared to 23 last year. All right, thanks Amanda for those refusals. Now let's move along to Mazetta Company. So, under current news reported last week that Mazetta's Gloucester Seafood Processing Operation, which actually closed in December 2016, would be reopening this year. And the news actually caught some city officials by surprise. Yeah, this is a, so this is actually a quote from the Gloucester Daily Times um, that they got from the mayor about the reopening of Mazetta's plant. And the mayor said that we haven't heard a word, not from anyone in Illinois or from anyone associated with the plant here. And didn't you actually speak to Tom Mazetta, the CEO? For those of you who don't know, he's the CEO and founder of Mazetta Company. Yeah, I, um, I actually spoke to him briefly uh, last week, and he's very funny. Um, but the big thing here that he was laughing about uh, was that he didn't know the mayor was a partner at their plant. 
What? <laughs> How do you not know? <laughs> no, he was he was joking. He's like, you know, like why why does you know the, the city officials are saying, oh, we're we're surprised by this, but he's saying like why why do I have to let you know? Right, right, right. You know, right, like right. there, he's like he's like I didn't you know I didn't realize I I got into business with them. You know. Oh, that's funny. It, it was pretty funny, but like we mentioned, I mean, the story was just saying that you know city officials were surprised that the shuttered facility was reopening, and you know, Mazetta jokingly said you know that he he didn't realize he needed anyone's permission to open the plant. Um, but he said that they, they did keep up on all their filing and papers and everything else that they needed to make sure that the plant is fit to open. Um, and he confirmed that they're actually doing some minor processing there now. And here's a little backstory um, for people who aren't familiar with Mazetta's Gloucester plant. The company actually bought the facility from Highliner Foods for $5 million in 2014 with chump the change. aid of, yeah, <laughs> that's just chump change, $5 million. Um, so it was with the aid of the city and some state tax sweeteners in there. The plant first opened in 2015 and was processing lobster and finfish. And Mazetta actually planned to invest a reported $8 million, more chump change there for mm. Amanda, <laughs> in capital improvements and new equipment. Um, but actually, ultimately, I mean, they closed the facility in December 2016 and they listed the property up for sale. Yeah, and, and Tom didn't elaborate um, to me on you know why they're reopening the facility now, but he did confirm that it would be fully up and running by the end of 2018, and they're going to just be focusing on fin, fin fish this time around. So no lobster this time? Nope, no lobster. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Uh, all right, let's get back to some numbers now. So February 2018 shrimp imports were released late last week, and they actually show a 14.7% increase in total volume for the month, and 17.9% year-to-date. Um, shipments actually increased from most major shrimp supplying countries, and the trend of the year-over-year -year increase in imports continued to be led by India, um, and those imports were up 21.1%. But besides India, an increase in shipments was noted from Indonesia, Ecuador, and China. So meanwhile, shipments from Thailand and Vietnam actually declined. And that's pretty much it for shrimp imports. Now we're going to go on to our final story of the day. Chefs and restaurants are turning to underutilized and emerging species. Yeah, I actually think this is my favorite story this week, and not just for the fact that I'm tired of seeing the same thing on every menu when you go out to a restaurant. Ugh, salmon. <laughs> it's always salmon. Shrimp. Um, but uh, according to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, roughly 85% of fish species are either overfished or fully depleted, but there is a demand for some of the items, so they keep ending up on menus. Um, so, you know, I mean, if you think about it, whenever you go to a restaurant, it, there's, there's always cod, there's always pollock. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's in fish and chips, it's your fish tacos fish. that you're getting, it's, it's, it's what it is, you know. Um, but there are groups that are working to educate chefs and food service companies, consumers, about sustainable seafood species. And um, QSR magazine reports that the first place where restaurants are making changes is with flaky white fish like cod and pollock. Now, I mean, I had no idea that pollock and cod are on seafood watches avoid list. I know, and, and like I said, it's, it's in like a lot of dishes. I mean, fish and chips, like I said before, it's when you go to a restaurant, that's, that's, if you're getting a white fish, that's probably what you're getting. But rockfish, barramundi, sablefish, they're all flaky white fish alternatives that can be used. But I think the biggest problem is seeing the name of a fish you're like unfamiliar with on a menu and taking the risk of trying it. I mean, I'm all for that because I know when I go out, I like to stick to something safe that I know I'm going to like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially with me not being a big seafood person. 
in general. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing. Is like you know, I mean, it's expensive to dine out, and it's it's frustrating when you when you go out and you order something and and then you hate it. Yeah. Like, and then you go starving, or you know, I don't like ever send food back to a restaurant because if I order it, and unless it's it's you know, there's something wrong with it. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just it's just my opinion. Like, if I don't like it, what, why am I going to send it back? Yeah, like, that doesn't I mean, seem someone right me. someone will eat it. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. My my husband's like garbage disposal. Uh huh. <laughs> but um, I actually I had like a recent experience like that where I dined out and it wasn't with fish. It was um, I ordered vegan fried chicken, which should have been my first um, red flag. Vegan fried chicken. Yeah, it was like the consistency of like a gelatin. It was it was so Oof. it was so disturbing. That's horrible. Um, and it was yeah, I I take quite possibly the most offensive thing I've ever ordered from a restaurant, but yeah. <laughs> but I think the important thing with seafood to remember though is that a lot of people are afraid to actually cook seafood at home. You know, mm-hmm. they don't know how to prepare it. They don't, you know, it, it just, it, it is intimidating to cook. So I think a lot more people, they depend on restaurants to, you know, to cook it properly, to, to tell them what to eat. But like I said, like, if you're going to a restaurant and, you know, you know cod, you know pollock, so if you see rockfish, barramundi, and tablefish on a menu and you're not sure what it is, you know, you're not going to order. No. You're not going to order it. But I also think going to a restaurant and, you know, branching out and trying new things is probably the best way to try it because mm. I think they know how to cook it. They know what flavors exactly. to pair with it because if you bring some, you know, unique fish home and you cook it up how you would cook up salmon, it might not it might not taste the same. No. I mean, and, and fortunately, I mean, the Internet makes it possible. To, I mean, mm. I was going to say it does make it possible to cook anything, but then you also see, like, those Pinterest fails. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> not everything. You know, but I, I think I think what we're getting at is that, you know, talk to your waiter, talk to your waitress, mm-hmm. you know, find out what it's comparable to. So if you're not familiar with rockfish or barramundi, just, you know, what's this easily compared to? You know, mm-hmm. like what, you know, is this a flaky, what, what's a flaky white fish on your menu? These are the fish I like. What can you recommend? I, I think that's probably the the best move to start branching away Try from these, these species that are on, you know, the avoid list. And yeah. And, and I wonder, something sustainable. I wonder if they have, you know, comparable flavors. Say, you know, usually cod, mm-hmm. what's the alternative? Or flaky yeah. white fish, is it going to taste similar to cod? Mm-hmm. You know, are your taste buds going to adapt quickly? Or is it going to be like, oh my goodness, this is nothing yeah. like I've had before? I mean, you won't know until you try it. Yeah, so. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I think if you, if you, if you like salmon, if you, if you like cod, if you like pollock, if, I think if you tell, you know, a waiter that, just be like, this is, these are the fish I'm used to eating. You know, and, and I noticed that on your menu you have, you know, these species that I'm not familiar with. What can you recommend that is comparable? You yeah. Know, I, I think that's the way to go. I so think it's, it is. it's it's really interesting, like I said, seeing seeing that these chefs and restaurants are, you know, they're they wanna move the sustainable you know, take that route with sustainability and I think it's a great move and like I said, I, th- I think now it's on the consumer to to, you know, question what they're eating and and, and do the research. Yeah. And if you guys, I know I always ask you a question, but I'd love to know if you've tried any, you know, unique fish aside from the normal cod or salmon um, or pollock, let us know in the comments what you've tried and, you know, what it tastes like to you. And mm-hmm. I'll try it. I'll test anything. Yeah. I wonder if, like, have, yeah, have you tried, you know, a, a species that you were a little nervous about and you were completely, you know, surprised by? Like, I, I, this isn't, like, a underutilized or you know, emerging species, but red snapper. Mm-hmm. Like, I had red snapper for the first time on my honeymoon, and, like, I fell in love with it, but it was, like, something, there was no other f- fish on the menu that I would have, like, mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm a, I'm a pescatarian or pestitarian, as I say, because I'm, like, picky with some of my seafood. <laughs> but, but, uh, 
and I was and I was grateful I tried it. And like I said, I think I think you have to. And, and I mean, I tried it at a resort where it was like a, fresh, probably too. It was fresh, but it was also like um, like a you know all inclusive resort. So if I didn't like it, I just went and got, got something, something else. else. So it wasn't that's the beauty of it. Is like when you go out to eat, it's that's the that's whole, your dish. You, know, you got to commit to it. Yeah, but like I said, I, I just you know take the time to do the research and you might surprise yourself and you might you might enjoy something different yeah i hope you guys do i hope you find your new favorite food (laughs) and let us know yes for sure so yeah and uh that wraps up our podcast for today but definitely reach out to us on the seafood news instagram send us photos of the fish you're ordering out to eat at restaurants tag us in it at seafood news and uh you were also on facebook and twitter Yes. And don't forget, guys, this episode was brought to you by Ernerberry's new Comsell app. If you do have an iPhone or an Android, go on and download it so you could follow the market trends on the go. It's available on the App Store for iOS or Google Play for Android. And as always, you too can be a part of this awesome podcast with us. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast and you just kind of want to get a bit of more information um, on our listeners and how sponsoring this podcast could help your business, just give us a call at 732-240-5330 and I would be happy to talk to you. (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll talk to you next week.